This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And a big hello and welcome to this episode of Make Your Pitch. You know, we have uh, we always have some great people on, right? I know that uh, on our last few episodes, we have really brought on some disruptive types of, uh, of companies and their direction and their business. Uh, some that are n- never totally new because, you know, there's, a, there's, there's never anything totally new, it doesn't seem like. Just great improvements and great ideas on those concepts that make them grow and make them become even more noticed worldwide. And this is the case today. A company that's going to have exposure, I am sure, on a worldwide basis because of what they do and in the popularity of the area that they're there in. You're going to see what I'm talking about here very, very shortly, and I know you're going to enjoy it. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. And who is uh, today? Are you are you okay today, Ellen? Is you know, did, have you did you get enough rest last night? What's happening here? Oh boy, I got so much rest. I am ready to rock and roll. Yeah, okay, I can really see that ready to rock and roll. <laughs> you better <laughs> you better turn your jets on, man. Let's get rocking here. Let's let's tell people a little bit about our guest today, okay? Okay, sounds good to me. We have with us two gentlemen who are innovating an area that's been around for years. I want to welcome Mark Anthony Rodriguez and Charles Yu, the non-smiler. VoxPop is their company. It is a P2P game distribution and development platform, which hopes to use its profit-sharing business model to help independent developers advertise giving them the tools to reach online audiences by piggybacking off of social media and streaming culture. You can learn more about them and the company at VoxPopGames, all one word, dot com. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Thank you for having us. Although I'm not certain I agree with the title (laughs) non-smiler. Oh, here we go. Good for you. Good for you. We're going we're gonna to get into it now, I can tell right now. Okay, go for it. Uh, oh, so uh, I'm Charles Yu. I'm the CEO and uh, founder of Vox Pop Games. Uh, I am a former independent game designer uh, and a former investment team member at DHVC. And uh, uh, I'm here to tell you all about how we're going to disrupt uh, games distribution. Uh, with me is my partner, uh, Mark Anthony Rodriguez. Mark? Hello, everybody. Thank you again, Chris and Ellen, for having us here. 
Um, uh, as Charles introduced me, I'm Ellen as well. I'm Mark Anthony Rodriguez. I'm a 16-year veteran of the multimedia and interactive entertainment business. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of Vox Pop Games with Charles, and uh, thank you for having us, and we hope to uh, have some fun during the call. Uh, Mark's been everywhere from uh, Rockstar to Capcom. He's been all over the games industry. Uh, so uh, it's excellent having him on board. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to fluff myself too much. I'll go. We'll go into that a little bit later. But I want to talk all about Vox Pop. Let's focus on our baby at hand. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and feed that baby right now. Let's let's see what let's see what that baby has to offer. Well, what do we got, Charles? What's going on? What are we doing? Uh, so to give a quick summary again, uh, Vox Pop Games is a profit-sharing games distribution platform uh, focused on independent games, right? So uh, as Chris and Ellen have already alluded to, the games industry has been growing hand over fist in uh, recent years. It is, in fact, uh, the only industry that continued to grow in the United States continuously all through the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and actually accelerated when the pandemic began. Uh, so... As of uh, 2021, the games industry, the specifically the just the uh, digital distribution of PC games, right? So only PC games and only online distribution. Uh, even that comparatively small sector of the games industry is worth $33.9 billion annually. And uh, uh, of that $33.9 billion, a little over $3.4 billion is independent games, right? A comparatively small sector of the games industry as a whole, but an underserved niche that's ripe for disruption. Uh, especially now that more and more game design tools are becoming available and due to the pandemic, a number of uh, people are getting into game design uh, that weren't really considering it before as a career option. So we like to consider it right now the renaissance era of independent game development and design. So what, what, what better place to come in with a new distribution platform that's geared toward disrupting things in a renaissance period? So it's a sort of kismet. Uh, so we've used that word disruption a lot. And you're probably wondering uh, how exactly VoxPop plans to do that. And that's really with the aid of our profit sharing business model. So the idea behind the profit sharing business model is quite simple. Uh, every game on the platform has a set percentage of its uh, uh, sale that's being reserved for user incentives. And whoever helps get that game sold, whether they're recommending the game to their friends, whether they're seeding the files on their computer, anything they're doing that's helping the game get sold, they get a percentage of the revenue. Uh, uh, developers can set this percentage higher or lower, uh, and uh, they can actually give a specific percentage to specific users. Um, so uh, uh, let's say that my general percentage is 5%. I can offer 20% to specific people. What this business model does is enable a number of services that help uh, promote the sale of these sorts of games. The main way uh, that we envision this model being used in the short term is engaging influencers. So put yourself in the shoes of an independent game designer, right? You have a killer idea. Uh, you have a great game already made. But the one thing you don't have is money to go for a marketing campaign, 
to help that game get sold, right? Advertising can be as much as two thirds of a AAA game's budget. Uh, perhaps the most notorious example uh, might be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with its $255 million budget, over $210 million of which was advertising and only advertising, right? Now, if you're an indie dev, you don't necessarily have the money to uh, engage in a traditional advertising campaign. What you want is to engage influencers. Independent games live and die on streamers and Let's Players. The most famous example right now is Among Us, which during the campaign went so viral at 85 million downloads that it's actually entered internet slang. Uh, kids these days just type Among Us misspelled whenever they want to say something is uh, suspicious. That game came out three years ago, uh, but it was a complete flop when it came out back then. It was only during the pandemic when uh, streamers sort of picked it up at random that it created a cascading effect, right? As soon as one streamer picked up Among Us because it was a good social game to play during the pandemic, other streamers also started streaming Among Us, and then all of their viewers got on board as well. Um, now, you might wonder, what was stopping the developers from Among Us from engaging streamers like this three years ago when the first game, when the game first released? And the answer is streamers these days, especially the streamers who have an audience, um, we're really beyond the days when you can just give a free copy of your game to a streamer and expect that they'll actually play it in front of their audience. Streamers want to keep the lights on. They're looking for sponsorships. Um, you know, they want to try and keep their channels afloat as much as possible. So if you want to give streamers uh, if you want streamers to give you the uh airtime for your games you really need to give them something in return and what that something is is a cut of the profits right so on vox pop developers can approach streamers and say hey listen uh i got this new game i want to showcase uh if you recommend this game to your audience that you're playing anyway and they use your code on vox pop i'll give you 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent of every sale that you help generate for me right Developers get a way that they can uh, access these influencers, uh, market their games uh, by leveraging some of their future income as opposed to any money that they have in the bank right now. If you're a streamer, it's great for you as well because uh, uh, even the best streamers, even the top 1% people who get sponsorships regularly, even they have gaps in their schedule uh, that they need to fill. They're not getting sponsorships 24-7. Right? Even Ninja doesn't have you know, constant 24-7 sponsorships. And they could use a service like VoxPop and our bounty board, to, which we can get into a little later, to fill gaps in their schedule uh, so, uh, and uh, to recommend games to their audience. It's an overall two-way street with developers and content creators. The reciprocity is built into the system. So rather than going on any other platform that just gets people to try and get virality, you can attempt virality with VoxPop, but also earn a pro stand to earn a profit if people are buying from your storefront. So it's pretty much giving people the opportunity to be their own sort of uh, marketing agent for their own items and really track their metrics through our services that are already pre-built. And that's uh, the key thing, already pre-built, right? And one thing I want to stress is everything I've said so far just describes VoxPop as it stands now. But what's great about VoxPop is we are set to grow into the future because we were designed with growth from in mind from day one. Our profit sharing business model can be applied to all manner of other verticals, 
from our micro-investment engine uh, to uh, uh, various aspects of developer contracting. Uh, this sort of thing, uh, we're, I'd, I'd be more than happy to get into, but first I uh, want to uh, make sure that uh, 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 you guys don't have any uh, other questions for us before I launch into it. Yeah, we're sort of getting we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. You guys wanted a lot of uh, fuel here. We're giving you a whole bunch of kindling and the, the fire's burning up. Well, as, as uh, from my side, I'm enjoying the fire. So you just uh, keep, keep throwing some more, throw it's some more wood cozy. on there. It's Let's cozy. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's cozy. Uh, Ellen, any, any, any questions? Anything? Not yet. Awesome. Charles, keep going, brother. Okay. So uh, I would like, so some of you doubtlessly have, might think, why does there need to be a middleman? for a service like this? Why does VoxPop need to exist? What's stopping a developer from trying to do that already? And the answer is trust, right? So let's imagine a hypothetical scenario. You're a developer and you want to engage streamers with this same method, but without a company like VoxPop in the middle. That streamer is going to have to trust that you're actually gonna give them the amount of money that they're worth because they can't see your sales. And if you share it with them, you could doctor those sales. So they're going to say, well, how can I trust that you're actually going to pay me what, what I'm worth, right? Meanwhile, as the developer, you have a perhaps even harder task, which is figuring out what you actually owe these, you know, these streamers as well. It's going to be very difficult for you to gauge where sales are coming from exactly, especially if you're working with more than one streamer. Um, you just don't have those metrics available. Uh, and uh, even then you're going to have to figure out the account. You're going to have to acquire the accounting skill necessary to figure out what you owe everyone. You're going to have to take the time to pay everyone yourself. Uh, and you're going to uh, have to do that perhaps in perpetuity or for at least as long as the streaming campaign lasts, right? It's not an easy task for either side. VoxPop automates the process and we do so in a transparent manner that enables trust from both sides. Right, and that's what really VoxPop represents uh, for these streamers and developers. That's what that's what hooked me at, uh, to become a co-founder with Charles when we met a couple of years ago. It pretty much means that anyone that's using tools and systems that are spread across Kickstarter or Patreon or Kofi, and they're using all these uh, adverse linkage and sort of uh, side marketing hustles. Um, all of that stuff is pre-built in the system where you just sign up with your email and you have all of those systems that you can track how many people are following you, how many people are buying from your game recommendations, how many viewers you have, how many different systems. We have systems built in to be able to be iterated on for the future because we have future plans. And because of those plans are so wide open, there's a bunch of structures and other existing storefronts that just aren't able to adhere to what we're trying to accomplish which is to bridge the gap between the content creator, the influencer, and the independent developer. These developers are crunching day in and day out. They have Joe jobs, they are students, they're working on their capstones, they're trying to evolve things. What ends up happening is you end up being a marketer, uh, you end up playing too many hats that you end up dropping the ball on what you are as an artist. Uh, VoxPop allows you to maintain your artistry and your artwork and maintain your sort of sanity with becoming that creative that you need to be in order to get this killer app out there. We just allow you the tool sets to pretty much engage everyone that you need to on a persistent basis. So what Charles is uh, really emphasizing is 
something that really it sold me. It got me on board. So I'm, I'm here. I've been here and we're trying to build. Uh, speaking of Patreon, Kofi, um, companies like those and their recent success is actually a lot of why we know this model will be uh, successful with gamers, right? So, um, I mean, that's not to say that the platform itself uh, doesn't already have a lot of things that would appeal to gamers. Many gamers are sick of uh, how AAA games these days are all uh, sequels and reboots, and they're looking for something different. The very fact that a number of indie games went viral during the pandemic, such as Among Us or Fall Guys, is proof enough of that. Uh, gamers can also take advantage of the profit-sharing model. Uh, just by seeding files, you can uh, um, share some of the profits. And of course, you don't need a huge audience to start recommending those games to your families and friends. So ga average gamers can also participate in the model. And finally, um, we know gamer DRM has been a, a lasting point of conflict between gamers and AAA game companies. Uh, but uh, our uh, DRM wrapper, uh, is one thing that can handle DRM seamlessly and uh, um, that doesn't require integration with a back-end API like Steamworks, for example. But putting aside all of that, right, the fact that companies like Patreon and Kofi exist for people to support their favorite content creators, for people to donate money to their favorite streamers and creators and to just help keep them on board and making the content that they want to make, to us is validation that people actually care about individual content creators. People care about supporting their favorite artists. Um, but what Vox Pop really is, is going to be a way to do that while also making sure that, game, uh, that these uh, donors get something in return, right? So you can imagine there are, for every person that is willing to donate to a streamer just for streaming, just to keep them streaming and maybe for a shout out, right? There are hundreds of more people who say, well, I love this streamer, I love this creator, but I don't know if I necessarily wanna donate money for content that I get for free. For every streamer, for every YouTuber, for any kind of content creator, right? Who's willing to say, listen, if you like what I do, if you wanna support what I do, you can buy this game that I've been playing in front of you anyway, and a portion of that revenue will go to me. We know that a lot of people are going to want to support that message, to support those creators. And more importantly, we know that there are a lot of people who want to support indie devs more directly as well. The turnover um, so, also, I, sorry, Charles, I didn't want to cut you off. I, I, just wanted to <laughs> state, I just wanted to state actually as well with the purchase flow for people buying games, even if a supporter doesn't want to buy the game actually, just having that user, that viewer, sign up through their link, the, the, the influencer's link, allows them to actually gain portions of revenue as well. So it's not necessarily having these influencers hawking games for the sake of hawking games. They could just say, hey guys, you wanna try out this new store? Here's my store link, sign up under my banner. Whatever they end up buying, they end up getting cuts of as well. Micro cuts, but it's also beneficial to the streamers as well to get influencers uh, uh, and, and acquisitions of users onto the storefront as well. You can think of it as uh, a way for developers and streamers to build their own affiliate marketing structures. Uh, all right then, any questions or should I keep going? We went, we went a good 20 there. That was, a huge, that was like an elevator pitch from heaven. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it, I think probably you might uh, you, you might want to section that off. I'll send it to you. You can use it. For, that's very, very smooth. <laughs> Uh, and well played together, uh, my friends, very well played together. You know, the, the whole concept uh, is just pure logic. Uh, are, are there any competitors in the marketplace? There are plenty of competitors in terms of digital game distribution. But as for the profit sharing services that we offer, the, the connection between uh, developers and streamers, that sort of stuff, uh, there are no platforms that currently do that. We are we uh, are wholly unique. Oh. <laughs> we are wholly unique. Sorry, in stating uh, that we are the first of our kind to come out of New York, out of Brooklyn, New York, where our home base is. Uh, Charles right now is in San Diego because of the uh, pandemic. I'm in the uh, New York offices, uh, home office. Everybody's in their home office. But we have the the honor of stating that we're the first of our kind. There is a platform war going on. All of the platforms are have, doing it with streaming. There's Netflix and HBO and Disney. So there's a platform war. There's also us. There's Steam. There's Itch. There's Epic Store. So all of these different media or different media, it's a waterfall, the waterfall concept, the waterfall of content that never ends. But the tool sets that we have and the ability for growth and the verticality and the pivots that we can accomplish, uh, we're unmatched in any, in any sort of uh, frame with that due to competitors. So yes, competition is something, but honestly, competition is not of when it comes to what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I've been, I'm going to uh, ask one more question no, oh. before I turn it over to my ever curious co-host. And that is... Uh, how in the world are you going to keep track of all this uh, the sharing that's going on? It seems like a, a uh, an accountant accounting nightmare. What's uh, how are you going to get put this all together? So we have actually uh, built out an automated payment system that tracks this stuff. Um, so while the platform is peer to peer and does distribute files from a peer to peer manner, we actually have a centralized backend. Uh, and so we can track all the transactions that come through it. And we have automated systems that track sales um, and, uh, uh, distribution of, uh, uh, and distribution percentages for each sale. And then it just automatically uh, uh, pays out to every person involved. Um, the way we track recommendations specifically, we have a couple of ways to do it. So first of all, every user has a um, user ID. And at checkout, you can punch in the user ID of the person who recommended you each game, and uh, they can get that percentage. But let's be honest, most people don't want to punch in an alphanumeric code at checkout, right? So um, another way we do that is uh, every user also has a URL associated with their account. Um, you put your URL in your profile, in your bio, or just, or just paste it into your Twitch chat. Anyone who clicks that link uh, and buys the games uh, that you recommend on your profile from that link, you automatically, sorry, you automatically gain a percentage of that as well. Okay, that's a that's a true affiliate link type situation. Yeah, we, we had we had a, a huge benefit of having very very great up and coming connections. Stripe has been one of the most uh, like greatest partners. AWS. So we have a bunch of solidified backend systems that are working with our within our storefront ecosystem. But during the pandemic, it was very hard. We couldn't even get PayPal on the line because the support was so crazy. We were downed. 
We were about to go live with our uh, open public beta um, in the middle of the height of the pandemic here in New York, and we couldn't get any support systems on the line. And Stripe was one of those systems that came through with us. So we've been using them in our API system. They've been nothing but heavenly with us. So I really want to give them a shout out along with AWS backend. So. Yeah, Vox, Vox Pop technically started in uh, uh, twenty the end of very end of twenty nineteen, but um, when development began in earnest, it was just before the pandemic began, um, and there was a lot of instability, even unrelated to the pandemic, if you'll recall, um, and a lot of the uh, uh, sort of instability that was happening at the time threw our operations out of whack. But um, through that through those trials, Vox Pop has survived. We have learned lessons and we have continued to build all throughout, uh, even when there weren't services available, even when there were service interruptions on our platform, uh, even when there were, uh, uh, you know, uh, just social instability that made it hard to promote through uh, all of the, the news that was coming out at the time, right? And uh, through it all, we've lived and we've made it. Now, let me ask you, do you gentlemen live near each other? Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I live in Brooklyn, <laughs> but I'm staying in San Diego with my family right now. Um, it, uh, my grandmother is uh, uh, getting on in years, and so I wanted to uh, be here to support her during the pandemic. Very nice. Yeah, we're, 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 I mean, we're based in Williamsburg. I'm in my old, my grandfather's home, the home I was raised in and, and born and bred in. Uh, I went to school in New York and then I moved to California in 2010 to work for a Japanese game company. I was in between Osaka, Japan and San Mateo, California, suburbs of San Francisco, Bay Area. Uh, so I'm a Bay Area boy as well. Uh, I like to put in all of my bios BK and uh, Bay Area forever uh, because it really groomed my sort of uh, systematic, uh, I guess, impressions of what I did in my TED talk in 2015 and how I evolved with uh, my gamification uh, sort of structures. Uh, partnering with Charles is another sort of life beat on my sort of achievement list here. Uh, so all of the things that we have are, you know, we have a lot of New York grit in us. Uh, uh, New York is finally bouncing back with you know, commerce with eateries and, uh, um, you know, uh, they're going to start opening up Broadway shows and they're trying to get tourism back and running. Everyone's vaccinated. My son's uh, too young for the vaccine right now, but uh, all of the, you know, the Board of Education system is building out all of their systems there. So it, it really is a testament to Charles and the team, the entire team, Vox Pop with Holly and Elisi and our, our, our uh, founding team and our interns. So it, it was a real group effort. Uh, our executive chairman, uh, Dr. Yu, our uh, you know our, our, our ex uh, uh, advertiser, uh, sorry, our advisory board with Roger, uh, and the and the, the professors from uh, the games the game center. So it's been a group effort, uh, but without Charles, there is he's the heart and soul of this, and he's the mindset of this. So I really want to. Uh, really shout out the rest of the team. So it's really great that we've done. It's unlike anything, any other company I've ever worked for. And I started with insane companies, but uh, this is something really, truly uh, a baby of ours. It's a passion project. It's something that is going to revolutionize the way that gaming and independent game creators are able to make a living and, and content creators are able to sustain themselves. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine. 
not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Make Your Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. Okay, so now here's the next question I have, which is, how did you two meet? Uh, you know, I mentioned that I was a, a independent game designer um, uh, prior to uh, joining the investment team at uh, DA. But um, so what that meant was I was uh, running to a lot of different like game jams and local events uh, in New York uh, uh, while I was uh, uh, and working on my own projects. Right at the time, Mark had his own company called Grummel Works. Uh, which was a talent discovery platform for uh, uh, indie devs. And we sort of met in those circles and connected on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, uh, it just, it uh, we started talking again after I founded VoxPod. So uh, uh, that's really how it came together. It's very organic. Yeah, Grummelworks was, okay. was a long time venture of myself and, and my wife at the time. Uh, we were doing consulting for uh, various independent developers here in Brooklyn and New York is, Honestly, they don't. If it's not coming out of the Bay Area or the Seattle area, no one's really talking to New York devs. But there's a huge number of supremely talented individuals from the New York metropolitan area, Boston, New Hampshire. There's people from RISD, the Game Center. So, Grummel Works was sort of like that passion project as well. It was sort of in line with what Vox Pop was doing anyway. Uh, it's sort of like a, a, a play on words for, you know, from the ground up. Grummel is like a piece of dirt, so it's a dirty work sort of uh, acronym. So uh, um, being that Charles and I were like-minded, I knew that I needed to partner with someone like this. I was a little bit, um, I guess, concussed from the game industry in, uh, in New York, uh, dealing with Rockstar and then moving to California, then coming back and doing streaming work with uh, uh, the ba uh, Major League Baseball Events Media, and then building out the, starting to build out the Disney Plus platform. So I have, a, I have gaming and video streaming background. So I pretty much encompass everything that Vox Pop was or is. Um, so I was like, this is sort of destiny. Uh, it was meant for us to meet and, and meant for us to sort of build this new sort of system of uh, creativity and, and uh, distribution and as well as, uh, you know, networking and content making. How did you both, when did you both realize that you had a connection, a rapport with each other? Did you get along with each other? I don't know. I don't. I don't like this guy too much. So <laughs> harsh, harsh. <laughs> he knows I love. Uh, I call. He's my brother, dude. I. I. I have no other way to. I call him as I, I'll see you later, brother. I. I uh, our chairman is like you call. You just call this guy your brother. He's not your brother. I was like I call him my brother all the time, dude. I have. I have to call him. It's like oh, it's not oh, a New York oh, thing. Hey, hey, hey. I, our chairman's also Chinese, and uh, uh, calling random people brother is a pretty normal thing. Um, uh, anyway, uh, to be honest with you, it's hard to point to anything specific and say, yeah, that's the moment when, when we connected. 
Um, but early on in Vox Pop, uh, one thing that we did do was uh, we actually took a road trip to PAX East. To, uh, PAX, yes, PAX East yes. together, um, uh, uh, which is a gaming expo. It was one of the last gaming expos that was actually held in person before the start of the pandemic. Um, and uh, well, it was a bizarre experience. This was a funny thing. This is actually the first major gaming expo that I attended uh, uh, in person. Uh, and I was astonished by how many people were there uh, at the start of the pandemic. But the second we walked in, Mark just shook his head and was like, wow, there's nobody here this year. This is like a quarter of the people <laughs> normally, normally around. Um, and th that was so strange to me. How many people were there, Mark? Like 115,000? Yeah, it was 150. It was one of those. It was one of the smallest. And this is peak, not peak COVID, pre so they were they announced the pandemic when we got back to New York. So everyone was cosplaying, but there were some people that were wearing masks and such. But it was a it was literally a, it was a, I've been to too many conferences to imagine. At literally uh, every single escalator, there was an employee whose only job was to take a Clorox wipe and hold it on top of the railing for the escalator as it spun underneath yeah, their no, hand. This is pre, uh, and pre they just did that. The whole day. Yeah, everyone was everyone was taking it like it was a, a you know a global ender. They didn't know what this was. There was no uh, vaccine. There was no not even a thought of vaccines at the time. So Charles and I truly bonded on that trip up there from Brooklyn to Boston. Uh, wow. We were we were spitballing a bunch of ideas. We got an Airbnb. We were rooming together. It was a real yeah, exactly. fun time. Yeah. So it, it was sort of like a, I guess a campus or a fraternal outing. For us, like the Vox Pop fraternity, I'm a fraternity guy myself. Um, Mark uh, brought me to his favorite ramen place. Yeah, we that was the, the you made so, out inside the cold for quite a while because it was really crowded. So there's a, there's a place in Cambridge, uh, uh, Yumi. If people can Google it, it's just called Yumi. Uh, it's it's where it's called where dreams come uh, come to reality. So if you have a bowl of ramen from this place in Cambridge, uh, um, all the MIT students go there, Harvard students go there. Charles and I walked in. We had to wait outside in dead cold in. Uh, February, and we went inside. Um, I sat down. I ordered double garlic. Uh, would you like delicious roasted garlic? The bowl is the size of both of our heads combined. If you finish the bowl, you get to make your dream come true. You get to stand up to the rest of the restaurant. It's a very small restaurant. It's like three rows, and everyone stands outside. And once you stand up, you say what your dreams are. We were talking about Vox Pop. We were saying while we were there. And everyone was like, hey, do you have an email? Where's the card? Where's the thing? And we weren't even launched yet. So we were like, we're just, this is just starting. They're like, this is so cool. This is going to happen. You know, let us know. Keep us in tune with what happens <clears throat> when the, when the, you know, the studio's up. So that was a real, if you want to pinpoint one, it was over a bowl of ramen where we fell in love. So that's that's the, the sort of... <laughs> <laughs> the, the so, so what I'm taking away from you both is that you started Voxpop, you have a board of directors, and you have an advisory board, and you have a team of people who guide you through the process. What's that been like for you? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, I mean, it, it's been a great experience. Um, uh, very thankful to our advisors, uh, even if they don't always agree. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, they must be older people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I I think Professor Fadi might be younger than Mark, but um, well, actually, maybe not. 
No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 30, exactly. I'm 39. I think he's I think he's 43, 42, 43. Uh, well, anyway, the the point is uh, it, it's it's been wonderful having uh, uh, such a great advisory board. Um, uh, working with our chairman has been great. Uh, he, uh, we, uh, I'm a first time entrepreneur. Um, uh, and so, uh, his advice is, uh, uh, very invaluable to me. Um, working with the team has been fantastic. Uh, now as, as any startup, we're very lean, uh, but, uh, our team has really made it work. Uh, our, uh, social media manager, Holly and our, en uh, and our engineer, uh, uh, Lisi Augustine. They've been with us for uh, almost two years now, and they've both been uh, fantastic. We have uh, several newer additions to the team as well. Um, that, but it, it's really these two. They've been holding it together. Um, they've had to learn how to do so many things as VoxPop has grown and um, our uh, 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 needs have changed. And um, I, I wanted to shout them out and let them know that uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, if any listeners go on go on our social channels, you'll you'll know how difficult it is to manage social channels across a corporate structure. And we have every single base covered with social media, and that's all a testament to Holly's great work. Uh, our QA, we do QA internal, we do our you know in house. Uh, uh, everything's in house. Everything that's built on the storefront right now. You go to voxpopgames.com and you download the platform. That's all our team design wise. Everything's built from the ground up. Okay, Speaking I've got of, one last question before yeah. we have to um, turn it back to Chris, who's going to shut us down. <laughs> I can tell by the way he comes on. <laughs> okay, here's the question. Um, have you, and if you have, described what it was like to receive your first investment in Voxpop? Um, do you know, uh, so far, our investment has been uh, from uh, friends and family. Uh, and uh, we're working on securing that A round for Vox Pop. Uh, it's been, they say you got to kiss 100 frogs. And man, have we been kissing those frogs. Uh, so uh, we've, we're actually in some great talks with some potential investors right now. Uh, in fact, one group out of London uh, is uh, offering to take us to IPO. Uh, unfortunately, this has been somewhat delayed by the recent changes that Parliament has announced that they were going to bring to the London Stock Exchange. Uh, still no news about when exactly those changes are going into effect. Um, but even though that deal has been delayed, we see it as immense validation uh, that uh, this uh, 1.5 million pound deal was offered to us. Uh, we've been talking to a number of different groups that are very enthusiastic about Vox Pop, um, especially gaming investors have uh, 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 told us that uh, a service like this is very badly needed in this sector. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, so while we do have a number of uh, uh, promising uh, 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 candidates for our A round, to be honest, so far, most of our funding has been friends and family, but we're looking to change that. Well, nice. I know, I know nice. you're uh, not just a uh, one act play. So what are you looking for in, as far as the future of Vox Pop or uh, other, uh, shall we say, outshoots of the, the program? The tendrils. There so you go. I, I did mention that Vox Pop was designed for growth. And here's what I meant by that. The profit sharing business model is core to making a number of different other verticals work. Now, I want to stress... For any 
you know, uh, any investors who might be hearing this, we are, uh, uh, we're not trying to boil the ocean here. We know that we have limited manpower and we are focusing on our core platform before we implement any of these new verticals. But as a demonstration of some of the ways that a profit sharing business model can be applied, one of the new features that we're most excited about is uh, 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 the micro-investment engine. So the micro-investment engine is our take at okay. disrupting crowdfunding. Um, now, I'm sure I don't need to introduce crowdfunding as a concept yes. to anyone, but one thing you may not know about crowdfunding for video games is that video game crowdfunding has uh, peaked something like seven years ago and has been on the drop since. Why? Because over 80% of the games that meet their crowdfunding goals never get finished. And then the backers never get their money back, right? Now, why is it that none of these games get finished? Is it because these developers don't care about their games? Is it because they're trying to scam people out of their money? Well, we believe it's because the act of engaging in this sort of crowdfunding actually dramatically increases the scope of development and increases introduces a lot of work that developers aren't necessarily qualified to do, right? Right. Um, right. Much of this crowdfunding relies on reward tiers, promising extra stuff to the people who back you, right? Um, and you might be a great developer, but do you know how to design merchandise? Where are you going to manufacture that merchandise? Who's going to be responsible for shipping all that merchandise to everybody, right? You're going to have to run a pretty aggressive social media campaign to get the word out there. And you're going to have to manage messaging your backers, managing this crowdfunding campaign. It's a lot of extra work. And frankly, when you start getting the higher reward tiers, you're going to get fewer and fewer people actually backing you up to those reward tiers. So the profit margin, so to speak, for the amount of money that you earn versus the cost of actually fulfilling this promise, it, go, it gets smaller and smaller with every reward tier to the, until you get to a point where it costs more to complete that reward tier than the amount of money it's actually pulling in. But you're still on the hook to complete it because you made that promise, people put money into it, right? That's right. All of this creates an environment where indie devs who might have already had a pretty aggressive scope in mind for their game because you know people are ambitious. They want their products to be the best they can be, right? Um, it really causes a lot of them to collapse under their own weight. And we've created a situation now where due to the lack of accountability, I mean, for example, in, in uh, Kickstarter, uh, investments are tranched technically, but developers themselves are in charge of deciding when they've met that tranche. So in practice, they're rigging the system lie about meeting those tranches. Yeah, so they they're can rigging get the money their own, they need. They're rigging right? their own games. So in practice, because there is no accountability, people now only invest in games that have some kind of existing brand. Uh, yes. So uh, 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 Critical Role uh, recently completed a, what was it, a $5 million uh, uh, crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. Um, but that's only because the Critical Role was already popular as a web show and a podcast. It already had an audience of millions. This is the only way they were going to be able to do that. Right now. Uh, and that's not going to help uh, the, the developers who traditionally needed crowdfunding campaigns, right? Crowdfunding was originally for people who couldn't go traditional routes for investment. Vox Pop solves that in a number of ways. So our profit sharing uh, business model means that instead of selling promises, what you get to do is sell equity in your game. Uh, uh, 
backers earn a percentage of your game based on the amount of money they put in relative to the other backers. And when that game releases, they are automatically paid dividends um, on those game sales. Uh, 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 yeah, on those game sales. Now, this <laughs> has a number of benefits. Now, for starters, it makes development easier. You don't have to make reward tiers. You don't have to engage your audience as closely. You probably will still have to engage on social media, but in terms of running that campaign, there's less direct input from you. Uh, so you, you can focus on development of your actual title. For backers, you have a lot more accountability there. So uh, in our system, uh, instead of the developer deciding when they've met each tranche, the backers vote, have a sort of shareholders vote on uh, whether or not the developer has actually met those tranches. Charles, okay. uh, I think I think Helen, uh, I think Helen wants to uh, jump I in do. real quick. I do oh, real quick. I, since you, on this topic, I want to ask you: Have you been able to calculate your compound annual growth rate? Uh, no, we have not yet. Okay, um, that's we, next on your list. I'd I be imagine. more than happy to go into it next time with you. Uh, okay, very uh, smart, very smart today. answer. Yes, <laughs> that, that was that, a test. The, 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 yes, so just just to, just to compound Charles's uh, sort of microinvestment overlay. The microinvestment engine, the tool sets that we have pretty much enabled for everybody to engage with the storefront are already pre-built so that the microinvestment engine actually feeds itself. The people that back the games end up being the marketers for the games. They end up being their biggest proponents. So in, in, in short, what we're trying to accomplish with the microinvestment engine is already in play with the system that we have for just signing developers. So if a developer has an, another product that they want to do and they want to go to Kickstarter, rather than going to Kickstarter, they only need eight to 10 grand to finish their game. They come to Vox Pop's microinvestment engine. They, we publicize it for them. They get engaged with the community, get that 10 grand, and then everyone gets paid out. And then they end up getting sales from those benefits actually put forth onto the storefront and more users are acquired for both their sales and their game recognition and for their backers. Go ahead, okay, Charles. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As we come, from here. toward the end of this particular episode, <laughs> uh, we've touched on it, and I'm going to give you a few minutes to really focus a little bit here. We've touched on it often, back and forth, and amongst your uh, uh, description of what's going on. But uh, give me exactly how much you're asking, where again it's going to be used, and uh, just uh, and how it's going to be structured as an investment. Yeah, if you can give me a two or three minute overview of that, I'd appreciate it. Uh, We're looking ideally to do a direct equity investment, although of course we are flexible uh, on this point. We are looking to raise two to $4 million. Uh, this money will be primarily spent on expanding the team so that we can tackle more of these development tasks. Uh, the core platform is already in place, already making sales. And uh, we are already generating some revenue from it, but uh, an, equi a, an injection of capital would allow us to uh, promote the platform, expand our team, and just tackle more tasks. Okay. And in, on that equity investment, of course, the question that uh, uh, Ellen asked would be most, most critical to the investor to know what your projections are. And I'm sure you'll have those next time we visit. All right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure today, and uh, there is no lack of enthusiasm. I can tell you that. My goodness That's gracious, right. I feel like 
I feel like going out and, and, and uh, you know, selling, selling two or three trucks or something. I, I find no, 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 you, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta build the game and put your game on our store. Oh, yeah. that, that, that's what you gotta do. Oh, get, get, a, get a unity, get a unity license and start building. Oh, so yeah, next time a, I build a trucker's game. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have one. We have one. It's called, uh, 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 truckers insurance fraud edition. That's one of our games. Oh, that we God. Have oh, from no. out of New York. Oh yeah, your your goal is to pretty your goal is to pretty much your the goal of the game is to pretty much uh uh, uh burn insurance money so you can make the claim. So every time you're doing damage <laughs> to the system that you're the, you know you're driving a truck for gas full of gas, the uh, more equity that you can build out from the insurance. That's that's an independent game. Oh god, we have uh, featured on our uh, platform. It's really fun and a, very very uh very meme worthy. So yeah, like the like the uh, the other one. What was it? Uh, theft Auto. What was that? Uh, oh was no, that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a previous life of mine. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. Of course, everyone was going. Hey, that's a really great game to teach our kids. Okay, let's. Do that. <laughs> All and right. Next time, also we'll we'll cover. I, I have also my verticals that I wanted to cover with the gamification of the storefront. See there. And, and See there was we we can't cover it all in one session. Yeah, exactly. We have to have exactly. you back for part two here, very very quickly. As a matter of fact. Um, gentlemen, thank you both. Uh, Charles, yes. uh, Mark, this is a real pleasure. And yes, I, I really am. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I was already excited last week about uh, visiting with you today. And you have proven me right, without a doubt. Absolutely <laughs> proven me right with that, uh, that glow that just keeps knocking. And by the way, Charles, you, uh, you do smile. So you're in good shape. You know, you, you smile. You've got enthusiasm. You smile. You got to you got to change his subtext for that for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll change it while he's on. I'll just put the smiling Charles and, and let it go. At that. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen, do you have anything you'd like to say before we close? Oh, just to thank them both. They were really inspirational and enthusiastic. Absolutely. And it is all you investors that are watching. And we do have uh, a number and we always appreciate you checking out all these new projects that we bring to you, uh, I think you need to take a very, very close look at this. Now, as they do that, please tell them how to best get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more. Of course, uh, you can learn more about us at our website at voxpopgames.com or you can follow us on Twitter at voxpopgames. Uh, very good. Thank you so much for having us, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, it's, and- it's been our pleasure. Thank you, we- Ellen. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Absolutely. And and we will have you back. As we close out this particular episode, we always like to say, always be enthusiastic when you make your pitch. And always be making your pitch. I'll see you all on the next episode of Make Your Pitch. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.